Hello, you are listening to the Treadweary Podcast, the audio arm of Treadweary.com, where we gather around the Word of God to hear what it is that God has done for us, so that we might receive from Him the gifts of His grace and mercy. Join Pastor Smee as we take a look at the text coming up for us with this following Sunday to hear what it is that God has to tell us and to open our hearts and our minds as we prepare to worship together. Well, greetings again, church. I hope you are doing well on this Thursday as we gather again around God's Word. Pastor Smee here, coming to you from my office. Hope things are going well. I'm here at my home office getting this done. And uh, again, we're going to open up with our psalm for the day, Psalm 147, before we dig into the second reading for Sunday as we've started to make our way through our week with these little meditations, looking at the texts that are coming up for the following Sunday, because then it prepares us. It prepares us to hear them, that we might hear them now, so that then we can hear them on Sunday and be amazed at what it is that God is speaking. So let us calm our hearts. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God, for he is gracious, and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the downtrodden. He casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make melody to our God on the layer. He covers the heavens with clouds, prepares rain for the earth, makes grass grow on the hills. He gives to the animals their food and to the young ravens when they cry. His delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor his pleasure in the speed of a runner. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his steadfast love. Amen. May we do that. May we, may we fear him, love him, hope in him, and what it is that God gives to us there. Well, our reading for today comes out of 1 Corinthians again. <laughs> they keep putting us there. I hope you had fun with idle food last week. That's what I preached on, idle food. Well, today we're going to take a look at something a little bit different than that. But 1 Corinthians 9, 16 through 23. Paul writes, If I proclaim the gospel, this gives me no ground for boasting, for an obligation is laid on me, and woe to me if I do not proclaim the gospel. For if I do this of my own will, I have a reward, but if not of my own will, I am entrusted with a commission. What then is my reward? Just this, that in my proclamation I may make the gospel free of charge, so as to not make full use of my rights in the gospel. For though I am free with respect to all, I have made myself a slave to all, so that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law became as one outside the law, though I am not free from God's law, but, but am under Christ's law, so I might win those outside the law. To the weak I became weak, so that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that I might by all means save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, so that I may share in its blessings. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's a wonderful text giving this picture of Paul's understanding of ministry. 
It's one of those ones where we as pastors should probably be taking a look at this text regularly because it gives a different picture of what the calling is for pastors, but just ministers in general, just people in the church in general. This this comes off of him uh, getting kind of upset because it, it seems as though people were giving different rules to different pastors, right? Holding some pastors accountable in one way and then holding others accountable in another, expecting one uh, pastor not to be married and another could be married, right? Um, that, that's where they, they talk about these uh, um, sister wives and, and things like that, which is just a little weird. Um, but here, he, here he's saying, I haven't made full rights of my position as an apostle. I haven't taken my full rights as Paul, that Paul, the Paul, right? The Paul, I'm the Paul, he says. You know, that Paul, that guy who helped write over the majority of the New Testament, that Paul, yeah, that Paul, right? He's saying, I haven't taken my full rights. In fact, he, he makes very clear that he was a tent maker, that he'd do this work to make tents so that no one could say that he was beholden to them, which is interesting. That's how he talks about it. So that he could proclaim the gospel free of charge and not be told what he could or could not say, and especially to whom. And he and he actually makes it clear here that he says he's not doing this because it's fun. He's not doing this because he gets paid. He's doing it because he's been commissioned. This this idea of, you've been given a job, Paul. Whether you like it or not, you go. It's like being a, a town crier in a village or, or being a, a, a herald sent by a king to announce a new tax in the local square. It's the same thing. He has a commission. He has a job to do, and he needs to go and do it. And he says, woe is me, woe to me, if I do not proclaim the gospel. Harkening back to, to Jeremiah, where he, he looks at God and he says, you tricked me. He says to God, you tricked me. I, I don't want to speak your word anymore, but there's something burning inside me that I have to. That I have to. I have to proclaim the forgiveness of sins and Jesus Christ given and died for you and risen again for you. That you might ha- be handed the resurrected Jesus, the bloody Jesus on the cross, but also the resurrected one who stands in glory. Given both of those, for your sake, he does those things. And he, he says he's going to continue to these, and, and it is all about the gospel so that he doesn't take his rights. He doesn't say, well, I have the right to, because we're really big on rights, aren't we, in this country? Not much responsibilities, but we have no problem saying, well, I have the right to do this, or I have the right to do that. Well, it's interesting the gospel comes to us and tells us, no. Not only turn the other cheek, but love your enemies. And here you have Paul saying, I've become a slave of all that I might save some. Weak to the weak, strong to the strong. That I might save some, all for the sake of the gospel, the good news that Christ has come and made us right with God. So there's no worries about whether we're enough anymore. I can remember an old movie. Uh, maybe some of you remember this, Pollyanna. It was a long time ago, a Disney movie. I think it's on Disney Plus. So kids, if you're watching this, have your parents go back and have you watch Pollyanna. It's actually a really good movie. But there's a preacher in there who's this fire and brimstone preacher. And people can't stand him, but they go to church anyways. And part of the reason why he's a fire and brimstone preacher is because Pollyanna's Aunt Polly is 
basically the matriarch of the town. She runs everything in the small town. And she basically tells the preacher what he can say and what he can't say. And then there comes to a point where he has an interaction with Pollyanna, this young girl who's who's always cheerful and she she um, never has a bad thing to say about anybody. And she'll sit there and ask him like, well, why did you want to be a preacher? Why do you, don't you want to, you know, why do you like reading the Bible? You know, all these things. And it causes this man one Sunday, he's going to get up in the pulpit and he's going to preach this sermon that this Aunt Polly had basically expected from him. And instead he gets up and he preaches his mercy and grace and the gospel. And it makes Aunt Polly really upset because she thinks he should be doing fire and brimstone because he needs to fix the town. They're so immoral. And he gets up and instead he says, no, salvation by faith, God's love, mercy, grace, things that sometimes we take for granted because our default is justice and punishment and vengeance. And here that's what Paul is saying, that he has to proclaim the gospel because there's no other word for the salvation of humanity apart from this Jesus who has come and died and risen again so that our sins might be gone, all our shame, all our burdens on our conscience that cause us to think that we're not good enough, that we might receive him and who he is and be part of him. Let us pray. Everlasting God, you give strength to the weak and power to the faint. Make us agents of your healing and wholeness, that your good news may be made known to the ends of your creation. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Well, church, I always enjoy doing these with you. Go in peace, serve the Lord, and we will see you tomorrow for our gospel.